It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the 211, Renault and Dacia range. Get your car delivered to you in just a couple of clicks. Call us today to find out more or visit blackstonemotors.ie. Stay safe from Blackstone Motors. Welcome to Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Hope you're all well out there. Thank you for joining us again on the show. Lots of chats, uh, fun music over the next couple of hours or so. And we'd love to hear from you too. Give us a shout if you have anything to say. You can always call in 1850 is the phone number. 86 658 is text today. We're struggling with our WhatsApp at the moment. So don't WhatsApp us to the show this afternoon. Text at the moment 86 086- 1800 658. We're working on it. I'll let you know when the WhatsApp is back. Yes, we have lots of interesting guests for you. Starting today with a young lady who's well known in loud football circles. Yes, she's been part of what's been a halcyon couple of years for the Wee County. But there's a lot more to her as well. She has many strings to her bow and she's on the line. Neve Rice, good afternoon. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Well, let's begin at the beginning. Tell them what you're doing at the minute, where you're studying, what you're up to. Uh, well, I'm actually currently a student in DKIT and I'm studying agriculture. Good on you. And I believe you're on a work placement at the minute. I am, yeah. I'm on an eight-week uh, work placement uh, with Kieran Hanlon, uh down in, in Cooley so it's, it's a tough going you know yourself <laughs> <laughs> Neve, you'll never complain again will you no never <laughs> <laughs> but look at studying agriculture at DKIT are you from a farming background yeah my dad uh, is a beef farmer so um, it's kind of it was always there as an option for me and then in my last year it was a bit I was struggling with what I was going to pick and there was nursing, there was sports, there was everything kind of thrown up in the air and I thought in the end that agriculture was kind of the best route for me to go if I wanted to be teaching or anything like that. Yeah, good. Good for you. Hey, there's a big difference between the beef and the dairy in there and Hanlon's, isn't there? There's a lot to be done. 
Yeah, a lot more work, definitely. I wouldn't be doing so much at home now. Yeah, I'm sure. Are you mucking out every day? Yeah, well, you're, you're destroyed every day, to be honest with you, but your looks up. That's life, isn't it? It is, it is indeed. I'm familiar with it. I spent time at it myself when I was a young fan. I absolutely loved it, I have to say. Uh, a lot of carving going on at the minute, I believe, yeah? Yeah, um, it's kind of coming to the end of it now. But yeah, for a few weeks there, there was there was a lot of carbs coming through. But we've only a few left now, so it's not so bad. Mm, and uh, the start of life, it's a joyous time. And a worrying time as well when you have... Uh, you know, heifers uh, calving for the first time and then, of course, experienced mums as well. What has he? Is it uh, Frisians? Yeah, he is uh, Frisian. Uh, yeah, Frisians there now. Mm, no, they're great, uh, great uh, milk cattle, aren't they? Dairy cattle, they, they certainly are. So, a, a typical day when you're in work experience, are you in there early in the morning? Uh, yeah, I go in at eight and, you know, just kind of feeding and cleaning and scraping and bedding, that kind of thing. And then I could be away with tractors or anything like that so it's just mm. take every day as it comes like. and at the minute like we're only at this early part of spring um, I, I take it they're indoors are they indoors all year or do they get out on the grass when there's growth no they do get out uh, just I think it was there last week or two weeks ago they let them out start oh lord onto the paddock so it's not so bad they come in a lot cleaner anyway uh, we would <laughs> We were talking about it here, you know, when we all get out of this lockdown, we'll be like be like cattle. A man said it to me on the show here, one of my guests, we'll be like cattle getting out on the new grass in spring. They go buck wild, don't they? Yeah, jumping around. <laughs> That's great to see. It, re- it really is. So this is where you see your, your, your life going, that it's in the agricultural sector. You mentioned teaching and things like that. There, Where would you like to go ultimately with it? Well, like... I. I'm I'm not going to lie to you, the, the whole farming end of it is not kind of where I'm headed. Right. I, I'd like to kind of maybe do teach science teaching. Yeah, or, I see. Um, nutrition, animal yeah. nutrition, any of that kind of stuff. Ah, it's yeah. Kind of like, a, uh, like a stepping stone to where I want to get to, but I'm enjoying it anyway. Yeah, of course, and you'll be able to say, I did the mucking out when you're teaching the others, yeah. and I did all that, and I know what it's all about, so you don't have to yeah. tell to tell me about it. So you're there for, what, a couple of months? Is it six, eight weeks? Uh, eight weeks. Eight, eight weeks. weeks. Great, great. Okay, and then you're you're back to the the formal studies. That's one aspect to your life. Now let's talk about the music end of things because you yourself and your sister Eileen was it uh, were performing and really doing well together, weren't you? Yeah, myself and Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn, sorry, sorry. Sorry. She'd kill me if I didn't say that. Oh, thanks for correcting me. Shocking thing to do. Yeah, Evelyn. Sorry, Evelyn. Okay, go on. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we've uh, just formed kind of a duo. We're the Rice Sisters, pretty mainstream name, but uh, yeah, we were like we were performing away and um, down in the local pub, Lily Finnegan's and Long's Bar, and kind of we were going well. Yeah, it was really enjoyable, but cut short. Like we were only getting going when uh, COVID hit, so it was a bit disappointing. Disappointing, mm. so. You know, yeah. Well, look, uh, the arts and performance have been a no-no for uh, over a year now at this stage for a lot of people. And you put a bit of money into it. You bought new gear and everything. Sure, the world was like a lobster. I better say oyster when it comes to Carlingford. Yeah, and um, like we, it was only after we won our uh, first championship, kind of with Cooley, that me and Evan first said, you know what, we'll go for quite a bit of money together, and sure, like it's. Uh, it's not, it's not wasted money, definitely not, because it's, it's, we'll be back at it, whatever mm. that is, but mm. uh, it was, uh, 
it's money spent like yes that's an investment in the future and you didn't lick it off the ground this music thing no my my mother and her kind of side of the family would uh, be big singers um it was all, come, growing up like it was always it was always a thing we would do singing yeah. mass and weddings and funerals and all that kind of thing mm, so there you are it's in it's in the genes uh, for sure but you'll be back have you been doing any of this you know the way a lot of the performing arts and singers have been on zoom online doing virtual concerts have you kept in touch with anything like that well, uh, we have an Instagram page, so we're kind of putting up videos every so often and that, but uh, we're a bit too shy for them <laughs> and live. Yes, so we'll build up our name before we do it. Like oh my God, the timid Rice sisters. I don't believe it for a minute. <laughs> uh, have you, uh, did, what, if I was to say to you today, you know, in, in terms of both your performances and together, do you have a favourite song or number that you play? You know, you mentioned there, of course, you, you came to prominence when Cooley won their first title in, in 2018. Is there a song that would be synonymous with you? Oh, well, I think anyone around the county knows that the a song associated with Cooley is Shotgun. And I think it was for a year or two, it was played and played and played and everyone loves it. And I think everyone hates that song now because <laughs> it was played so much and we sang it in the pubs and everything. But uh, we'd be well known for singing songs like uh, uh, Zombie. That was one of our first covers. So everybody loves that. So, um, no, it was. I do like that song. Yeah, so that was that was your that was your your song of the one, and I know what you're talking about. You know, when a song becomes popular, that shirt's bet to death, and then yeah. people like to say, "Oh, don't give me that again." The only one I ever thought that didn't, you know, uh, get that label was Wagon Wheel. If you still put it on, people book left mad. You know that yourself. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. that one, it seems to have just transcended what you're talking about there. Now let's talk a bit about the football because, my God, I, I'm going to cry here thinking about you between the music and the football and being <laughs> murdered on the dairy farm at the minute oh lord Neve, what have you done to deserve this what about the football what are you doing to you know keep keeping a uh, fit and you know the touch yeah well I'm not going to lie it's hard it's hard to fit everything in like you know when you're on place and all that but no uh, between Cooley and Loud I'm keeping busy We I have two programmes going there between the both of them but like I'm re- like it's kind of Zoom classes and doing runs and anything like that so um no, I'm doing a bit like it. Look, you just have to keep yourself going. You don't want to be going back into the season um, completely unfit. Like, you mm. just come prepared. Like. Yeah, and, and look, you've had such a great run in recent times. You were a little bit unfortunate last year not to get promotion in the league. Of course, you were up into intermediate uh, in terms of the championship. I'm sure you'd love to get out there. I, th- I take it promotion has to be the aim of the game this time round when you get going. Yeah, uh, the promotion was a, uh, like it was a great thing for us. Obviously, we wanted our Division Four league is what we're aiming for and we, what we have been aiming for the last few years anyway. Because we're constantly improving, but we just seem to fall at the last hurdle every time in terms of the league. Mm. But to get a promotion to the intermediate was great. Like, and you know what? It's playing with players that are of a higher standard makes you better. So, like, I think it really it stood to us. Like, we train very hard and Wayne kind of had more experience with a higher level of teams like he was involved with Kildare mm. minors and under 20s and that kind of thing so I think he definitely brought us up to the level that we need to be at to even just compete at intermediate like. mm. How is Evelyn? She had uh, uh, bad luck herself with the injury Yeah uh, well a few years ago Evelyn uh, 
I, I can't even remember. I don't even think I was playing senior at this stage. I think it was just, they won the 2013 uh, senior final. I think it was either 14 or 15. She injured her hand mm. and then she broke it again. And I think she broke it twice in the end. But um, yeah, she had to take a good while out and that meant not playing well out or anything like that. So um, yeah, she's come back into herself now. She had the operation and She'll be all right. Mm. What about in general terms? Like we hear your story from the music front, your studies and work, and of course the football as well. But for young uh, people like yourself, young women, young men, and not having that social outlet, what has that been like for you? Oh, uh, like I like it's very start. I find it very difficult. Like to be honest, like just even seeing your friends and like it's. Like, even it's going into college and seeing everybody and talking with everybody and having lunch. That's what really, like, uh, affected me. Like, I like I go to college with people from Cavan and Monaghan and just the far side of Laid. So, like, I haven't seen many people like that. So, it's hard. Like, I, mm. I can't imagine what it's like for someone starting college this year who hasn't met any friends or hasn't made friends with anybody because they don't know them. Yes. Because it, it is, it's really... It's mentally draining on like our age, and I know like this is a rough patch, and like everyone's going through the same thing. But I think younger people are especially struggling because this is meant to be the prime of our lives. If you get me, yep, I understand. I, I like I, I'm I'm well older, but I understand what you're saying, and I can only imagine because I was that age myself at one stage, and I had all the freedoms to do or enjoy what I wanted, and that is not there at this moment in time it certainly isn't and, and and you make a very good point at least you you know started off with friends and colleagues in a college environment and you're out now but for freshers you know people going in in the last year what a devastation that is that you haven't been part of a group or, or a class on the social side of things and I know you train hard with the football and that as well but like you know you played the local area down there you mentioned all the the music you were involved in that's a huge loss for young people as well, isn't it, for everybody? Yeah, definitely. Like, even, like, the atmosphere of kind of, like, even being down at the football pitch and watching games and even being in the pub and going places with your friends, like, the atmosphere is, like, I said it the other day, I, it's the atmosphere I miss most, most, like, just getting people going and everyone having the crack and, like, smiling and everything. Like, it's nothing... Nothing can be compared to it, like so. It's it's definitely, um, it's definitely missed. Yeah, it is. It it really is. And I, we're, we're all losers, but I certainly feel young people growing up. And Kevin Myers mentioned it to me on the show last week as well. It was his biggest sorrow to think of younger people losing these years that you can't really get back. And please, God, look, I just pray that this vaccine and uh, the uh, vaccination of the greater part of the population will allow everything happen again, that you get back to your football. We'll be back to enjoying the old singing and everything like that as well. And I just wanted to say hello to you today because you have a very interesting story between all those aspects of your life look please god you'll be kicking the ball shortly and you'll be belting out the tunes with evelyn again thank you so much for joining me on the show neve thank you Jerry. Yeah. take care of yourself bye-bye bye-bye that's lovely neve rice there she's a, a lovely young woman now oh, she makes some real telling points doesn't she there for uh, people of an age for people of all ages at this time but look we've got to keep Focusing on the prize here and hopefully I'm I'm really hoping now that 
this summertime, coming this summertime. We keep saying that we were hoping last year it would be before the end of the year. Look what happened, the spring of the year. And now we seem to be pushing it out again. But look, this time, vaccinations are the way out. So hopefully we will be in that new New time again, back to somewhat of the old time, sooner rather than later. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, still to come on the show. Anthony Murphy is joining me. He's a brilliant fella and he's a new book out, a very different type of new book out, but fascinating in that it's based on the life story of the Atlantic salmon. Anthony will be with us on the show after two. But we're going to play a special song for a special young woman after this break. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the donations. My word has it picked up in these final days of my 40 days and nights for Slav. I don't know who you are, anonymous, an envelope with cash in it and substantial yesterday left in a late afternoon. Another one, no name. Thank you indeed for that. Ray Torres, Coach Ray in Dunlear. Thank you, Ray. Got your lovely donation for Slav. You're so good, Ray. Thanks a million. Well done, Jerry Kelly, a man of his word. Please pass on our donation to Slav. The final few strides towards the finishing line. Best wishes are from my real, really good friends, David and Aileen Carey. Thank you so much and for the lovely donation as well. All going to Slav, I promise you. And thank you indeed as I enter the final few days. Finished on Sunday, hasn't it just flown by? It really has. But your generosity is outstanding. Thank you so, so much. And we will be rounding off the 40 Days and Nights early next week when we're joined by Nadia Vavro, Slav's mum. Thank you all, one and all again. Now, what about this, folks? What do you think? Would you do it? Passport, passports, a passport to go to the pub for a pint. Louise, what do you think? A passport for, uh, it's hard to say that, a passport for a pint. It looks like it's coming in in the UK. I think anybody would do it for anything for a pint at this stage, Uh, There you are. So you'll have to have a vaccine passport. You'll have to have, Mm. you know, to say that you were vaccinated to go into a pub. What do you think about that? Do you think some people would object to it or would people just say, yeah, let's get it? Oh, no, there's people who won't get the vaccine. So they're going to they won't have the passport yeah. and they won't be able to go to the pub. It's just reinsurance for people in the pub, yes, isn't it? Yes, and that everybody s- else has the vaccine. Yeah, and it's the same if you go to fly. That It's going to come mm. in for the flying. I can tell you that as well. What do you think? Have listeners an opinion today. If you had to have a passport to go to the pub, would it cause you any bother or would you have an issue with it? Let me know. 086-1800-658. Do you have text, to get a text, um, well, that's a good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you <laughs> like know the, the countries. You know that thing they used to do. So many pubs in so many nights. What was that called? Seven. Was it seven pubs at, the, at Christmas? Twelve. Yeah, twelve. The nights, twelve pubs at Christmas. Christmas yeah, yeah. It's a shocking thing altogether. Anyway, yeah, that's an interesting one. Would you get it stamped uh, when you <laughs> went to the, to, the, to, the, <laughs> to the different pubs? There you go. Passport for a pub. What do you think? Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. Text text text. Only today for the moment, please. You can call in on eighteen fifty seven. One five nine five eight. Anthony Murphy will be with us after two. But top of the show, yes, wasn't she lovely, Neve Rice? And she mentioned this one. She said they played it till the were could play it no more. Yeah, for everybody in Cooley, especially the Rices. It's Shotgun and George Ezra. Woohoo! New roller coaster for Tato Park. You're listening to the biggest coward in the world who won't ever even get on it. <laughs> 
and I'm all excited. I remember I went over when the timber one, uh, the big wooden roller coaster opened. I was there on the opening day. I wouldn't get on. I covered the opening of it. I still have an old Carity cat. It's a big, it's a metal one. This one's huge now that's coming and it's got the planning permission. Oh, it'll be a huge addition and people will come from all over the world on opening day as they did the last time because there's people follow these things and they just want to say I was there the first day and I was on the coaster they came from Europe America everywhere that day the first day the original roller coaster opened I remember it very well indeed so there you are a second one at Tato Park for all you people who love those whoosh things I'll stay with the magic roundabout if you don't mind Uh, Jerry. I think uh, that having a passport to go to the pub would be an absolute disgrace some people are unable to get the vaccine due to certain conditions and some Jerry actually don't want it thank you indeed for your comment a passport to go and have a pint what do you think 086-1800-658 text me or you can call in on 1850-715-958 now I think I can say my next guest has been a regular over the years with us on Late Lunch he's a fabulous fella he really is multi-talented author of many books and number seven has just been published it's a wee bit different it's called Return to Sega I'll check that pronunciation in a second. And its author is the wonderful Anthony Murphy, and he's on the line. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Jerry. Happy birthday, belated, belatedly. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it gets to the stage where you stop counting years and you just mark another revolution around the sun, you know. <laughs> You're so right. I'll tell you, I don't want to talk about mine this year. Anyway, am I pronouncing it right? Is it Sege or Seges? No, uh, I think you're thinking French. Uh, think yeah. Irish. Segish. Segish. Is the name of the, in mythology, the well from which the Boyne River was said to have emanated. Good. So Return to Segish is the name of the book. I adore the illustration on the front cover of The Salmon. Who did that for you? That is an Irish artist called Sean Fitzgerald, who uh, who did the, the design and uh, he did a great job, didn't he? Oh, it's just absolutely marvellous. Now, th- what I love about this, because I'm familiar with this story since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, but take us back yourself, will you, to what year, a few years back, and you were standing, was it at the Weir at Slane or something along there? Yeah, that's that's where the inspiration, well, the first inspiration comes from. About uh, In 2016, uh, in the autumn, I was down there with the camera. You know, uh, people will see the weir at Slane when they're crossing the bridge, but you can walk along the riverbank there and beside the weir, there's a little floodgate. And I was down there with the camera taking pictures and all of a sudden this salmon jumped out of the water and up over the uh, floodgate. And this is something I had never seen. I'm not an angler um, and I'd never seen this. And over the next hour and a half or so, I watched as about 15 salmon made their way either up across the floodgate or up the weir. Now, they weren't always successful. Some of them would have to come back and make second and third attempts. But I thought this was the most extraordinary thing I'd ever witnessed. And it put in mind for you uh, the genesis of this book, and it all began from there. Oh, what a wonderful story the salmon's life is, from egg till they return to spawn themselves as adults, be it two, three, four or five years uh, later. Now, the other thing that's interesting about this book, I can't believe this, is this the truth? You you hand-wrote this book. did. Um, I... 
decided that I wanted to write it so carefully and, you know, slowly. I wanted the process to be uh, what felt more natural than sitting in front of a keyboard and typing letters onto a screen, you know. So I uh, I had been gifted a beautiful notebook with creamy pages by a good friend of mine, Laura Murphy. And uh, one day I just sat down and said, this is going to be something very different and very special. And don't try to categorize it or think too much about what type of book it's going to be. Don't make any sort of a plot or a plan. Just sit down and start writing. And that's what emanated. Well done to you, going back to the quill and the paper. You can't beat it, I have to say. Now, you say, and I'm quoting yourself here, right early on in the book, this is not a conventional book. Explain, please. Well, you see, normally, I mean, it's ostensibly a work of fiction, Jerry, but it draws so much from the mythology of the Boyne Valley and the landscape of the Boyne Valley and from my own experience that you could kind of say it's sort of like a mythopoetic work uh, ex- really examining the meaning of life and the human existence and, you know, the depth of the human conscious. And I, as I say, I use this Jungian uh, term, the unconscious or what we might call the subconscious, you know, that uh, there's so much depth to the human being and our experiences of life. Um, they're difficult to explain in empirical and rational terms. And sometimes you need the poetry and the mythology to actually give it the correct level of depth that, you know, it requires in order to be explained in some way, you know. And I thought that the story of the Salmon of Knowledge as the basis for the book, although, as you know, it's not the only myth from which I draw. Mm. the, The Salmon is a remarkable creature in, as you pointed out, because it starts out from the, the spawning pools in the upper reaches of, well, well, let's just talk about the Boyne. And it makes its way down out into the Irish Sea and then eventually out into the Atlantic Ocean. So a, a, a fish born and growing up in fresh water finds the salt water, goes out into the deepest parts of the ocean, lives an ocean life, and then finds its way back through some miracle of biology uh you know to the exact place where it was spawned in order to spawn the next generation and i just find that the most amazingly remarkable thing uh, and i think i said it in the book somewhere about how you know having seen that uh, I, I, despite all of the wonderful things that humans have achieved sending men and women into space for instance and landing spacecraft on mars and all that stuff I I was still totally in awe at this miracle of nature and the salmon's ability to come back to where it all uh, started, you know. It's the most wonderful story and it's one that should be taught to every child to understand uh, the magnificence of nature and the instinct of that creature. And in a way, Anthony, for the human life cycle, you know, we come into this world with nothing, we leave with nothing. And an awful lot of us do, you know, go out in the world and ironically end up back where it all began to end our lives. Yeah, well, this is something that I think uh, early cultures had a particular interest in, you know, and like it's the sort of thing that is still the most, I I, I think it underlies most of, you know, human uh, emotion, human expression. And that is the biggest question of all for humanity is, you know, 
what happens to us when we die? Where do we come from and where are we going? Because we find it very difficult to make sense of the, as it were, the carnal and biological life that we have. And it's no wonder then that for generations and for hundreds and thousands of years that humans who lived along the banks of the Boyne River tried to explain their life through the, the the words and the songs and the poems of mythology because that was the only way as i say there was no rational way to explain it and perhaps there's no rational way to understand it because if it is just this biological you know physical life and and that you, you know when it ends it ends and that's it then there's no to me there's no meaning in that you know there's it it loses all all meaning it becomes a sort of a, 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 a hopeless thing and I, I i'm not sure jerry if you got a chance to read the whole thing but i would say that return to segish is very reaffirming in in terms of one of the things that i wanted to do was 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 to to get across the idea that it is it is okay to try to live the fullest best life that you can possibly live uh, and and so that you can sort of park that question, as it were, about what happens. It's not about it's so much about what happens to you when you die. It's it's more about what happens to you when you live, you know, and how you live your life. Yes. Yes, and that's such an important point. If we could all just bear that to the forefront of our thoughts every day, what a wonderful world this would be. Sadly, it slips yeah. for oh so many and look at the result of what happens. But but here's the thing. It, it's not based on any religion, which is, you know, what you're even talking about there. You can be a religious. You don't have to have any faith or of a faith to, you know, understand what you're getting at there. Correct. Uh, well, I would consider myself agnostic. Um, and the way I explain that uh, generally is that I don't have enough evidence to suggest that there is life after death and that there are a, there is a God or there are gods or deities, uh, nor do I have enough evidence to say that there isn't. So I'm kind of the sort of person who sits on the fence from that point of view. But there is a difference, Jerry, a core difference between religion and spirituality. I mean, you can be a very spiritual mm. person and not be attached to any religion. And, you know, mythology, I find naturally mythology and spirituality kind of sit as comfortable bedfellows, as it were. You know, when you read enough Irish mythology, you can't but have a spiritual viewpoint. And the spiritual viewpoint is what feeds into the poetic viewpoint. Again, the expression of the great mystery of life, exemplified by the river itself, the flowing waters, the, the, the emanation from a source, the journey out into the ocean, which in our own human lives represents our adult experience of life and our mingling with others and what we do with our lives. But then there's that call to return, the call to return to the source. We're all going to go back there at some point. And the thing is to go back and to embrace it to embrace it in all its fullness, to embrace it with as much joy as possible uh, for, I suppose, for a life well lived and, you know, uh, uh, that you've done your best, as I say, to, to live uh, an exemplary existence uh, to help people as much as possible along your way, um, you know, and and to 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 uh, to go against the current. Then the most most remarkable thing about the salmon 
coming back is that for many of them, it's their last journey and they will expend all their energy jumping all those weirs and um, fording points and all of the barriers that the river offers on the way back. It's it's really fantastic. Yes, and they flow against the current is right and generally at a time of the year when the current is at its strongest against them and they defy it and they get up there to the headwaters to uh, begin the cycle again. Look, you mentioned their myth and legend and in the book you're quite obvious a lot of this is beyond human capability in terms of our thinking and you do touch on the subconscious that part of us that you know we try to dip into as well but undoubtedly Anthony going back to a point you made there the myth and legend it's significant it plays a part it's just not you know uh, fluffy stuff no, what people sort of fail to realise these days that myth and, and legend are not mere storytelling. They're not, I mean, they, don't tell, get me wrong, there were plenty of people who were able to re- recite stories in the past for entertainment and to listen to the Shanachi in the old days would have been uh, quite, quite, you know, mind-opening and entertaining. But at its root, uh, the likes of C.G. Young and Joseph Campbell and others uh, believed that mythology was pedagogical. It was life affirming, but it was also teaching. It was a teaching aid. So it was part of the process of growing up and initiation from childhood to adulthood. And and there are lessons there uh, for all of us, uh, a sort of psychotherapy, as it were. And I think that's why the likes of C.G. Young became so interested in mythology, because he realised that in the 20th century, with all the changes that had occurred you know, uh, the Industrial Revolution or post-Industrial Revolution and all the modernization that was going on in the world. And the world was shrinking in size as the transport networks grew. I think he realized that mythology was dying and it needed to be replaced with something. And what we replaced it with was psychotherapy. One could argue that psychotherapy doesn't do as good a job as community-based mythology. Um, And I would uh, have been arguing for the past 20 years that I think we should definitely look at embracing our own mythology and and, and, and becoming interested in it and you know uh, retelling those stories what what's the the phrase in in the book uh, myths retold are myths reawakened you know the idea that we're not just telling stories for the sake of it and we're not just telling stories so we hope to get more tourists into ireland we're telling them actually because at their base they have a, a, a very real meaning for us. Oh, they certainly have. Uh, you know, you dip into your past work, of course, and all the brilliance and history and tradition and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years of the Boyne Valley and all that exists along it. And, of course, the salmon of knowledge. Back to salmon again. Anthony, just before we finish, may I say to you, it's a beautiful work. It's a wonderful book. And I, I really do recommend it to people to take this book and read it nice and slowly, absorb it and enjoy it and think about uh, what is in this book and where it is pointing us towards. I say again, the illustration is beautiful by Sean Fitzgerald. Anglo printers, well, what do you say? Look yeah, at the job, job they've done on the book. It's Thank your you. first hardback, I, I know as well. Yeah. And uh, I want to congratulate you on it. It's a new departure. But you know, like anything you've ever done in your life, it's simply brilliant. Congratulations again on the book. Where is it available, Anthony? 
Well, at the moment, due to COVID-19, like the only place you can get it at the moment is direct from me on the website, which is mythicalireland.com. Or if you plug into the social media channels, you're just looking for Mythical Ireland and just get in touch. I can send uh, signed copies, obviously, anywhere in the world. Um, When the pandemic quietens down and that will happen just so people know this thing will pass we just have to be patient for the moment Uh, i'm going to try and get it into the local bookshops but for now uh, if you're on a kindle you can also get it on amazon kindle but for now just direct from me lovely mythicalireland.com google mythical ireland and what a lovely gift it would be to gift to somebody at any stage well done to you again and keep doing what you do brilliantly brilliantly anthony Thanks very much, Jerry, for all your support. Not at all. You're very welcome. He much is a top man. He really is. Thank you, Anthony Murphy there. Return to Segish is the name of his latest book. You know, I'm laughing here to myself, Louise, and I know we spoke about this in the past. I used to think that song was called I Saw the Sun. <laughs> I think a lot of people <laughs> might have done <laughs> After all these years of enjoying it, I've learned something today. I've had a eureka moment. It's not I saw the sun. It's the sign. I saw the sign. <laughs> I saw the sun. Sounds better. Doesn't Although it? in Ireland. Doesn't it? See the Doesn't sun. It? It's but miracle. you have to dream about it. You know what I mean? I saw the sun. So there you are. Today, I've learned something about a song. It's Ace of Base and the sign. I better dedicate it. I'm going to dedicate it because Samantha Reynolds Walsh from St. Finian's Park in Drought is, selling our birthday, is celebrating her birthday today. And lots of love coming your way from your mum and two sisters, Shirley and Orla. Have a lovely day, Samantha. Happy birthday to you. And we dedicate that song, The Sign, by Ace of Bass to you. Is there any other song you ever thought was the incorrect? Yeah, that one that was out years ago, Blue... And people used to think it was, I'm in need of a guy, or is it just, I did, did I die? Or, no, I don't know. Still <laughs> yeah, don't know. I know the one but there's an OREM song as well. And yeah. The Sidewinder Sleeps Tonight. Oh, I don't know what they're saying. With the wrong lyrics, yeah. You can have a bit of crack with yeah. that, that's for sure. There's no doubt about it. Now, on the passport thing I mentioned uh, a little while ago, Michael's been on to say, the World Health Organisation issued a small yellow book that would fit into your passport and it has all the details of people's vaccinations. So when people are travelling, they would have all the details with them. Military men in particular use this, Jerry. Perhaps if the government issued some Something similar to this when people are getting their vaccine it would be a good idea thank you Michael that's very informative it really is you know so I think I've one of those books when I went you? when I went to Singapore I got malaria and stuff injections yes so if it's the same yeah, one I don't I, know. I would think it's it has to be similar not and that's that's a very good suggestion Michael and um, you can use your passport to go to the pub, says a listener, but you'll have to have another passport to come home to the unvaccinated or you won't get in the door. <laughs> I love that one as well. And on a serious note, Jerry, it's a form of blackmail. Forcing people to get the vaccine in order to travel or go to hotels or pubs. And what next will we face, says a listener? Well, all I'll say, I'd say this again to anybody out there who has doubts. The only way out of this predicament is with vaccine. It is with a vaccine. I am 100% sure of that. And I know people are concerned or worried and have theories about, you know, putting stuff into your body that will control you and things like that. I don't subscribe to it. I honestly don't. Because 
I got all the vaccines. I'm sure you did too, Louise, mm-hmm. through your life as a child and whatever you needed. My own children have got the vaccines across the board. My grandchildren are getting them at this stage. And vaccines have been for the greater good in the world. We have to say that. And if you want to contemplate getting back to some form of normality in life, the vast majority of us will have to be vaccinated. It's as simple as that. And that is the bottom line. That's my opinion. I express it to you today. And I'm happy to to acknowledge that people have other views on this as well. What was the other thing I was to say? Did you see this? Oh, what about poor Ireland last night? Were you watching the match, Louise? I, did, I saw oh. the start of it. They did give it sterling oh. effort. They went ahead and then yeah. they were nowhere and then they came back at the end and we lost 3-2 to Serbia. I was sorry for them and Stephen Kenny as well. I'm sure uh, the Barstool people have views about the team, etc. But there you go. We lost 3-2. We're playing Luxembourg now on Saturday. Hopefully he'll get his first win in that game. I really yeah, hope Have we he a does. chance? Yeah. Oh yeah, jeez, if we don't beat the Burgers, <laughs> if we don't beat the Luxembourgers, we might as well just give up football. Shut down the FAI and forget all about it. We have to beat Luxembourg. Come on. Oh, now maybe I'm out putting the mockers or the splaws on them. Anyway, late lunch, LMFM radio still to come on the show. Do you know where we're heading next? Oh, we're heading to Ottawa. Yes, Ottawa in Canada. And I'm looking forward to having a chat with a young lady who's flying the flag for Ireland in Canada. Back with us here in a moment. And Jerry, I'm just like yourself. I used to think the song Stand and Deliver was Stand in the River. <laughs> I like that one. Never heard that before. Did you ever mix up the lyric of the title of a song? Shall let us know. 086-1800-658 by text this afternoon. We're sorting out the other thing at the minute. Or 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in. Now, we spotted our next guest on TV, uh, the other side of the Atlantic, talking about special events happening in Ottawa on St. Patrick's Day. And then we uh, got a little lead on it and found out, oh, she's from Athboy in County Mead. She's from there, but she's on the line to me now from Ottawa. Ruth Neetownon, good afternoon. Hello, good morning from Ottawa. How are you? I'm good. You are Tynan is the English translation of the Irish. Tynan. Tynan. Yeah, that's it exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What time is it there with you? It is 10.35 in the morning. Ah, there you are. You're a little... (laughs) Nice and early. Nice and early is right. Well, tell us, Ruth, what's a young lady from a boy in County Mead doing in Ottawa? Well, I'm very lucky to be here in Ottawa. I'm here nearly two years now. Um, I'm teaching Irish with the Ireland Canada University Foundation. Um, so it's a great organisation that sends Irish teachers to Canadian universities to teach the couple of fuckle in universities and in the community. So that's what I'm up to. <laughs> and did you teach here before you went out there? Did you go straight from, you know, college to mm-hmm. Ottawa? Yeah, I, I did um, Irish and Spanish in Maynooth University and then I did a master's in the Irish language and then I applied um, to do this. But I was teaching a few hours in Maynooth University as well. So my classes were really based on the um, international students. So the those who came to Maynooth to study um, just anything and then they wanted to learn some Irish when they went home to show off to their families, you know. <laughs> so I always taught that kind of crowd, the people who had no Irish and had no never heard of any words at all. And then um, I just love that kind of 
group because you know they have no baggage <laughs> they don't have they don't know one said anything to them about Irish ever so then we can just have fun and enjoy the language and then I applied to do the same in Canada so it's really nice it's really rewarding and um, people love it so now, yeah. you wouldn't typically think that a university in Ottawa, in Canada, would mm-hmm. have any, you know, uh, grow for uh, mm-hmm. Gaelga, the Irish language. Tell me a little more about that. Yeah, so it's it's something that a lot of people, I think, in Ireland um, don't realise. And I, d- I definitely didn't realise myself before applying. But um, the Celtic study departments in universities in Canada and, and in the United States are very, very strong. So you can actually study St- Scots Gaelic and Welsh in, you know, in the University of Ottawa as well. And all the Canadian universities offer um, multiple languages in general. And people love languages here and they really respect, um, you know, language learning and they kind of see the connection between the language and the culture and the people. So um, I didn't really have to do much convincing. You know, when I arrived, people were already set to learn and um, really enjoy it. So it's it's a whole different dynamic sometimes to what it's like at home. <laughs> um, but it's really great. And, you know, people learn for lots of different reasons. Sometimes people think it's just because they might have Irish ancestry. But I have students who have no Irish in them at all, um, but they speak seven languages already. And they say, come on, let's go. Let's have another one. Why not? Um, and some people are more kind of inclined to, um, you know, connect with the history of the language or things like that. So there's lots of different students I have and for many reasons, but a lot of there's a lot of graph for Gaelga here and for Ireland in general. So <laughs> it's great. When you have seven languages, my oh my, when you think of seven <laughs> languages, is it easier to keep learning different type of languages or how would you or how would students like that rate the difficulty in learning mm-hmm. Irish? Yeah, I think once you have um, one, it's easier to learn another. So I actually myself come from a, a multilingual um, family. So my my father's from Dublin and he spoke Irish to me and my mother is from Paraguay in South America. So we speak Spanish together. Um, so I find learning languages quite easy. Um, but I definitely some of my students would say that uh, Irish, you know, is is has a lot of similarities with other uh, languages like Spanish and French. Um and, you know, they can see the the linguistics and um, phonetic similarities with sometimes with languages like Arabic. You know, this Irish is so ancient and has so many um, ties to other languages and cultures as well. So you can see that people can can relate to it. And also, I suppose French is very uh, big here as well. So a lot of my students would be bilingual already. So, um, yeah. I think it's a it's a misconception that Irish is difficult in general. So and then when you come here and people say, "Oh yeah, that makes sense," you're like, "Exactly, <laughs> it does." Mm, and you so. know, at school we often uh, <laughs> you know find it difficult, and then in later years, the amount of people who love to come back to it and are so proud of it mm-hmm. and regret that they didn't actually take it more seriously in, in the school going mm-hmm. years. But hey, here's something else I'm fascinated by now: Dublin, Paraguay, at boy, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a funny story. I get I get that a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, my my dad met my mom in Paraguay. Um, they got married, and the rest is history, I suppose. But yeah, that's um, <laughs> interesting. That's our yeah, story. You, you yeah, have a lovely yeah. mix, and now of course uh, <laughs> Ottawa in the equation as well. Who else mm-hmm. is is back home here? Have you siblings? I do. I have um, three brothers. My eldest brother, Jose, is actually in Paraguay teaching English. So two of us are abroad teaching. 
Um, and then I have my brother John and my brother Marcus as well. So they're in Athboy and then my parents as well. <laughs> and do they take the, uh, is it just you that uses the Irish version of your name? Uh, it is. I, I kind of used it since uh, primary school. So I went to the Gael, um, well, the school Gael took the in Rathcairn, Scully Grainy Rathcairn. So uh, we were very, you know, um, brought up with a lot of Gaelge in that school and a lot of love for it. So I just, I really liked my my name, as Gaelge, um, and just continued to use it, really. But I, I kind of go between the two, um, English and, and Irish. But yeah, my brothers would use the, their English <laughs> version. So it's just a, pre- a preference, I suppose. Mm, I was uh, just curious of where you were on the map. And uh, Ottawa, I was just checking out. I knew it was on the mm. East Coast, but you're right down in that bottom corner, uh, very close to the US border is Maine Maine the nearest to you or is it a different state in in, in the United States Uh, good question (laughs) sorry good question you're an Irish teacher what am I doing asking you about geography oh my god Freudian's like when when I moved over I literally didn't even know where Ottawa was it's like I'll get on the plane and arrive and it'll all be fine and that's just the same (laughs) I'm <laughs> so yeah no I, I some a lot of people would well when back when we were allowed would would just drive over um, the border and you know go to the United States it was a very normal thing to do you know uh, but I, I never got a chance to do that unfortunately yeah. but um, <laughs> what about Ottawa what's it like to live in what kind of a place is it Ottawa's really nice so as you know as you know I'm from Athboy I'm from a small area and I was so worried about moving to a city because I thought oh it might be too overwhelming might be too much but Ottawa is really nice because it's the capital of Canada something that a lot of people don't realize as well it's the capital city um, so the all of the government buildings are here. Trudeau lives here. Um, all of the fancy stuff go go on here. Um, but it really has kind of a small town feel. So it's not overwhelming at all. It doesn't have huge skyscrapers or anything. Um, and people kind of are you know, have that community vibe and people know each other and it's really nice and welcoming and safe. So it's a really lovely, lovely place to be and it's quite historic. So it has really um, old buildings and things. So it's it's lovely. Um, but I really like it here and um, yeah, I'll, I'll miss it when I have to go <laughs> back. But um, yes, it has a lovely atmosphere. How long are you there for? I'm nearly two years now, but um, my my program or the the um, placement is is going to come to an end now this um, semester. So I'm hoping to stay for for the summer to enjoy the lovely weather. So we're very lucky that just in the last few days, um, the sun came out, and um, <laughs> as people say, oh, spring here, and I'm saying, well, in Ireland, it's was spring since February, <laughs> same, same since Bridget's Day, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> mm, yeah, type of spring, I'd say, not the yeah. spring that you'd, you'd expect when it does actually heat up, and the seasons change change quite quickly yeah. over from one to the other, which I, I know happens in in lots of uh, the part of the world you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me this, you know the way. I think the biggest insult I'm ever paid if I'm abroad and somebody says to me, English? No, I'm <laughs> Irish. Canadians yeah. and uh, people from the United States, that mix up. Is that an issue for Canadians if they're referred to as, you know, are you from yeah. America? <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly it. So they they have the same struggle and they'll have to say, no, I'm Canadian. And so we can bond over that. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you know? we have something in common there for sure. Beyond this, mm-hmm. where, where, when you come back, have you have your plans beyond your your time there? What would you like to do? Where would you like to go? 
Yeah, well, um, I'm hoping to go back to Maynooth and continue my my teaching there. And I'm also really interested in um, just Gaelga online. I don't know if people are aware, but, you know, since the lockdown, really the social media for the Irish language has just exploded. So there's so many accounts you can follow if you want to um, just be in touch with the language. So as they say, you know, Islatsi, Irish belongs to you. And I say that to my students here, even if they don't have any Irish in them, it's Irish is a very welcoming language and and um, people can connect to it um, no matter where they're from. So especially if you're from Ireland as well, you know, don't don't ignore the El Gaelga. So there's there's lots of um, lots of accounts now um, on social media that uh, promote Irish and, you know, people just kind of do fun things, make videos. So I'm hoping to kind of get more into that and make some content um, through the Irish language because I love fashion and I love um, just music and things like that. So I I uh, would kind of like to get back into that when I come home. <laughs> I'm going to ask you this because I sort of really have to, because people I'm sure will be curious, COVID and Canada and Ottawa, where you are there, what's it been like or how is it now? Yeah, well, we actually went into um, the red zone the other day, but the red zone isn't too too bad. Um, it's just that they're lessening the numbers of people who are allowed into certain places. So um, restaurants and patios are all open now. And as I said, the weather just one day it was snowing and the next day it was uh, lovely and sunny. So um, now the weather is really nice. So um, you're allowed to eat outside and um, they're just they say you can only have um, 25 people you know, outside and things like that. So the, the numbers are, are lower than they were before. But um, in general, it's lovely because in Ottawa, there's lots of um, places to go walking and there's lots of green areas and there's lots of nature. So people just still go out and do their, their exercise and stuff. There's no um, like restrictions like in Ireland for how, how much, you know, you can leave your house. There's nothing like that. It's just in um, businesses that they are a little bit more strict. But in general, it's, it's lovely. And I'm looking forward to the summer now where um, you can just enjoy being outside. <laughs> Stay there is my advice. Do what you plan and take your time coming back anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's lovely. Don't tell my mum. <laughs> it's just you and me. It's just you and me. She won't hear. She won't hear. <laughs> but look, oh, you're keeping in touch. You mentioned the technology there for the Irish language, you know, keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing to beat. It's like this lockdown, the human touch, the uh, personal contact. I mm-hmm. understand when you're away from home as well. But look, it's your doing good you're enjoying yourself it's a wonderful life experience it's great to mm-hmm. catch up with you and may I say to finish Gurumila Mahagut August La White Ditch Gurumila Mahagut that was lovely thank you so much for having me Slán Ruth take care of yourself Slán bye Slán. bye lovely Ruth Tynan there from that boy isn't she full of the joys oh lovely to talk to somebody who's so upbeat uh, this afternoon all the way from Ottawa in Canada late lunch LMFM radio forever in blue jeans Jerry. We used to sing Reverend Blue Jeans, <laughs> says Anne. And we'll come back to more of your mixed up song titles in a moment. If you pardon me, I'd like to say we do okay, Reverend Blue Jeans. Jeez, it does sound, doesn't it? Reverend Blue Jeans. I never really was conscious of that before, Louise, but it... It does when you listen carefully to it there. And you're spot on. Completely. 
My oh my, that's an eye opener for me today. Uh, always thought, Jerry, that staying alive, the Bee Gees, was staying in line. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this, Mina. Hello, Mina. Mina Curran and Kel. She's a great LMFM listener and she's always with us on late lunch as well. Jerry, my eight year old daughter, Erin, thinks the line in Nathan Carter's wagon wheel is I swear to God I see headlights. <laughs> when in fact, it's I swear to God I see headlights. <laughs> I love it, Mina. That's an absolutely brilliant one. Yes, a song, the wrong line, the wrong name of the song. 086-1800-658. Text, text, text this afternoon to me on Late Lunch. Thanks for all of your messages. Still to come on the show, Martin Lawler, former dog player, Drogheda player, Drogheda United manager, is speaking to us about a mental health app after three o'clock on the show. Christy Moore is to come as well. I continue his story and we have a lovely song as well. Uh, But let's hit this one go on hit it there Louise especially for Mina till we listen to the lyric woo up off your seats now in the kitchen shake your asses all across the northeast and beyond I'm dropping the headphones here and away I go come on Louise let's swing Yeah, Nathan Carter and Wagon Wheel on your late lunch. Woo, magic indeed. Tell them what you said to me there a moment ago when you heard that song. (laughs) That song always makes me want a wagon wheel. You know, the chocolate covered biscuit with the marshmallow on the inside. Wagon wheels (laughs) are taste for me. Wagon wheels are taste for me. I did that that one one. day. Will I tell you a little story about that? (laughs) I was going into an Ireland game in Lansdowne Road one day and there were a load of lovely ladies giving away wagon wheels. And I started (laughs) singing that wagon wheels or taste. Guess what, Louise? (laughs) They gave me a box of them. a box of wagon wheels going in to watch Ireland. I said, jeez, what am I going to do with these? And I started distributing them then to everybody. Brilliant. Oh my God almighty, I remember that well. I don't, I don't know who was with me on the day, but it was very, very <laughs> funny indeed. And another song I thought about, you did remind me of, many moons ago, a fella came flying into work in a place I shall not name to say, jeez, isn't that great? That song is number one in the charts. I said, what's it called? <laughs> Ireland's industry. <gasps> what? Ireland's industry. Yeah, Dolly Parton and the other fella, <laughs> Kenny Rogers, <laughs> Islands in the Stream. <laughs> Love that one. <laughs> anyway, late lunch, LMFM Radio News, weather and sport on the way. You know the song, The Ferryman, another wrong lyric. Yes, Jerry, when my daughter was young, she was always singing about the Dublin ducks are dying. <laughs> It starts, the Dublin ducks are dying. And we still sing ducks to this day. Good on you. Quack, quack. Oh, they're great, aren't they? Now, my artist of the week is Christy Moore. And Christy acquired his love of singing and music from his mother, Nancy, who hailed from Yellow Furs in County Meath. She sang at home and played the piano. And as Christy himself says, I cannot imagine what course my life would have taken without my mother's guiding hand. Isn't that lovely? Tragedy struck the family in 1956 when Christie's dad Andy died unexpectedly while under anaesthetic for a minor operation. He was only 41. Christie 
was 11 at that stage. He was the oldest of six children with brother Barry, a.k.a. Luca Bloom, another musical talent, just six months old at that stage. Nancy became father and mother, rearing the family alone. And what a fine job she did. Christy himself married Valerie Isaacson in 1973 and they have three children, a girl and two boys, and he's also a granddad. Although known for his activism and championing of causes through his music and song, there's a gentle, loving side to his repertoire, which is exemplified by the song we're going to hear today, which was recorded live at the Old Point Depot. Yeah, I was 1968. I was doing a gig in the Glasgow Folk Centre in Montrose Street, and I didn't go on till about 12 o'clock on a Saturday night. It was fairly late, and the fellow that went on before me sang this song, and when the concert was over, I said, hey, give us that old song, would you? And he did. Done by the Clyde one Saturday night in 1968. Ah, magnificent. Scottish origins, American refinement, recorded by many, but made his own by Christy Moore. Lovely, lovely song. And we conclude the Christy story with another wonderful song from the man himself tomorrow afternoon on Late Lunch, round about this time. Up next on the show after a final break of the afternoon he's known so well in sporting circles in Ireland but especially in the North East. He's the former Dundalk and Drogheda United player and manager Martin Lawler. I'm joined on Late Lunch now by a legend in the North East. Yes, former Dundalk and Drogheda player and of course he managed Drogheda United to the First Division title as well. He's so well-known, wonderful footballer, but besides football, Martin Lawler has had a hell of a career off the field. He's been involved in hospitality, retail, technology, but for quite a number of years now in the whole area of health and wellness. And he joins me today to talk in particular about a new mental health support platform called Open Mind. Martin, welcome to the show. Jerry, thank you so much, and, and I really appreciate the, the, the lovely introduction uh, around the, the sporting background, but uh, I'm so delighted to be given the time to um, just uh, open up the conversation um, around a mental health uh, solution uh, that we're uh, working on. It's called OPA Mind. Uh, we've been working on, on the back of about uh, a previous 18, 19 years experience in the health and wellness space, which has been my predominant uh, work over the last 20 years. And it's been in research and development over the last 2.5 years uh, to date. And it's a mental health solution, which is a little bit different than anything that's out uh, there available for people at the moment. It's predominantly aimed at people who are not able to engage, Jerry around their issues, even with their nearest and dearest, their, their loved ones um, and people. Um, there, there, there are various stigmas out there uh, that people suffer from, which is personal stigmas, um, societal stigmas and stigma in the workplace. So we're developing um, a, a solution called OPA Mind. Um, and as I said, there's two and a half years of research gone into it already. And we've stepped up um, the, the kind of development uh, level uh, in recent times by um, uh, going into major collaborations with uh, Dublin City University um, in the, uh, on the side of uh, data analytics and also a separate collaboration then with their Department of Psychology to bring 
uh, what will be what we hope will be a wonderful solution. Um, it's it, it's still in development and it's probably about four or five months away from full development. Uh, but part of that development is a a campaign that we're launching officially tomorrow uh, called Lend Your Voice. And we are looking for people to simply help us uh, by lending us uh, a couple of voice samples that we make available through a link on, on, a, on a small website, an easy-to-use link on a website. And Martin, these uh, voices you're looking for, what is the subject matter? What do you want people to say? We are looking for people to use it in the most simplest way possible, Jerry, and it, it's, um, it, it, it lends itself to a, a mental health solution which is based on a voice, a very simple to use voice diary. So instead of people uh, writing stuff down, um, we offer people in modern times the ability to use a personalized, anonymized voice diary. So at this stage of our development, uh, to answer your question directly, what we're looking for uh, people from people is help with a couple of very, very simple voice samples. And those voice samples, uh, Jerry, um, can be as simple as, oh, do you know what? Um, I got stuck in, the, in a traffic jam and it was raining and the wipers were broke and it put me in a bad mood and I was late getting home and I missed the start of the, the Ireland-Serbia game and, uh, you know, I was in a rotten humour. Um, and it's as simple as that. Somebody might say, uh, you know, uh, good Lord, it was great weather today. I had a wonderful walk in the park. The sun was shining and I felt really refreshed uh, after it. Um, so it's a variable number of um, simple, less than a minute voice samples that people would put into a completely anonymous environment that we offer um, on, on, on the web page. Called, it's called Lend Your Voice at opamind.com. It's the collection and it's the help from hopefully hundreds and hundreds of people who might afford us um, just a few short samples of their voice saying, yes, I'm feeling great, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling depressed, I got caught in a traffic jam, I was late for the game and, uh, you know, that, I had a terrible day or I had a great day. And, and, and that's, the, that's the very, very basic thing that we want people is to lend their voice. And what we do uh, with the voice samples, Jerry, is we use those voice samples in, to feed into the technology platform, which is using the very, very latest cutting edge artificial intelligence that platform itself is built around the most ethical standards um, contributed by the clinical and the psychology environment and cognitive science. So there's a very, very strict ethical platform which we will, you know, uh, develop uh, in time, as I said, in, in probably the next four to six months. Um, and uh, the voices that we're looking for, it's a very, very simple process for people to uh, apply their voice. There's no email required. There's no phone number required. There's no real name required. Um, and 
nothing can be linked back to anybody's phone or anything like that. So I, I get yeah. what you're doing, Martin. You're looking for people to express their feelings in any type of yeah. situation, be it good, bad or indifferent, in less Absolutely. than a minute. And this will then feed into yeah. Open Mind and eventually into the app uh, that you're developing, which will be Absolutely. launched down the road. Uh, it's uh, yeah. very, very interesting indeed. So again, will yeah. you just repeat that? If people uh, uh, want to take part in this and offer their feelings, what's the easiest way again? The easiest way, uh, we will la- we're, we're officially launching the link um, on, uh, th- there's, a, there's a wonderful group environment, but the link will be available from today. And the link, Jerry, is very simply lendyourvoice.opamind.com. We're aiming this um, at probably the world's biggest problem, uh, Jerry, which is people's mental health and the fears they have around uh, that, that, you know, that the level of mental health pressures that they suffer from. And uh, unfortunately, there are too, too many people being lost in our communities um, to suicide. Um, uh, and a, a great element of that is this lack of engagement, people feeling that they can't engage about their issues and the ultimate loss of those people to families and loved ones and communities um, and this is why we're doing what we're doing. We we have the domain experience behind us, Jerry. I, I have stood under bridges at four o'clock in the morning having conversations with people who wanted to take their lives, who felt that they couldn't go on. I have stood with people in very, very similar circumstances um, many, many times late at night um, when they feel there's nobody else to turn to. And it's all of those years of experience that I know that there are people out there who feel frightened and that they can't engage. And we're offering people a solution, a friend in their pocket, eventually, that they can just use, voice their feelings, voice their fears and have support, have clinical and therapeutic support around that to build their confidence, etc., etc., and eventually give them the confidence enough to eventually be able to say, look, I do have a problem. I need to do something about it. I need to discuss this with my loved ones. I need to reach out. And it pulls people back into society, into connection with their loved ones, and avoids them going around, going down that slippy slope towards uh, potential damage to themselves. Martin, I really like this and I know I know for sure that you're going to have wonderful assistance from the Wee County, County Loud, County Mead and all those listening to us on the show this afternoon. I want to remind everybody again, lendyourvoice.opamind.com is where you go, folks, and every yeah. little help and thought yeah. and feeling will be appreciated yeah. by Martin. Look, I wish you well Absolutely. with this, Martin, and I think it's great. Many, many thanks to all the team for, for uh, giving us this opportunity. What a man, Martin Lawler. Yes, wonderful, wonderful footballer and doing real good now. Just to remind you again, lendyourvoice.opamind.com. That's O-P-A, lendyourvoice.opamind.com. If you feel like contributing, you'll be helping something really special that will be launched in about six months' time. That's a lot on Late Lunch this afternoon. Thank you for your company. Eddie Caffrey is coming next with The Drive. Wonderful music, a song and more besides. Stay with us here on LMF. 
FM radio tomorrow on Late Lunch. Oshin McConville on the scourge of online gambling. Jay Moore is with us. She has a particular type of mug. You want to hear this? I promise you, it's very, very entertaining indeed. Margaret Madden will bring us her monthly book recommendations and book club on the show. And of course, we'll be looking ahead to the weekend in sport with Leon Blanche. All we need is you tomorrow from 1.30. Have a lovely Thursday evening. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you for the final Late Lunch Friday. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada Dundalk and Cavan. Let us amaze you with our fantastic used car offers. With over 300 different makes and models, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars to choose from. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. Finance can be arranged to suit all budgets. Call or visit blackstonemotors.ie today to find your next car. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.